This year, we're finally going to get Christmas right. If it's not Jesus, it's got to go. But would that really get us to focus on the reason for the season? We might find it easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater. The point of Jesus' birth was to bring God into humanity. What if we were able to see Jesus in all the traditions? The first Christmas was about God with us. Let's make this Christmas about us with God. May we see the joy of Christ in our kids' laughter. The love of Christ with our family. The heart of Christ in the gifts we give. The provision of Christ in the meals we share. The light of Christ as we decorate our homes. The wonder of Christ in the songs we sing. The hope of Christ in the quiet moments we share. Because when we see Jesus, we are getting Christmas right. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us to get Christmas right. Help us to understand, Lord Jesus, why you came into this world, that you came to be with us. You came to be for us. You came to us. And you came to live in us. Help us to understand what this means in our lives. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you for the next um, 15 minutes or so to just block out the distractions of life. It's probably been a busy few weeks, running around, shopping, parties, events, crazy traffic. I want us to focus in for a little bit as the reason why we're here, the true reason for Christmas. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've been a um, pastor now for over 30 years, and I was thinking this last week, how many Christmas sermons have I preached? And what I realized is that every single year I preached at least one, and there was some place where I preached Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So I've done over 40 um, different Christmas messages, and it's the same story each time. Okay, how do you change? How do you find something new, a new way to present the Christmas message? And this past month I was thinking, and all of a sudden really something dawned on me. I was thinking about the name Jesus. And you take the last two letters of Jesus, what does it say? Us. And I was thinking, Christmas is about God's love for us. God wanting to connect with us. And I looked in the scripture, and what I see time and time again in the scriptures is 
four very important truths. I really want us to focus on these for the next um, few minutes. That God is with us, that God is for us, that God is to us, and God is in us. What does that mean? I want to start by talking about God coming to be with us. In Matthew chapter 1, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Even the name Emmanuel, one of the names for Jesus, it means literally God with us. Now, why did God have to come to be with us? Let's go back to that very first Christmas. You have Mary, nine months pregnant. She's pledged to be married to Joseph, and they are supposed to go to this small little obscure town called Bethlehem for a census, as required by the Roman government. And so imagine that uncomfortable journey as they go towards this town, and they get there. They didn't have the technology we have today. They couldn't book a room ahead of time. And they get there, and it says there's no room for them in the inn. All these people converging on this small town with one inn, and there's no place for them in the inn. And so what do they do? They find a stable is presented to them to go to, a stable, a place where animals live. And they go in that stable, and there Jesus is born, placed in a manger, the feeding trough for animals. And the only people that showed up that day were some outcast shepherds that the angels invited to be there. And so here, the God of the universe is born in human flesh, and the world just keeps going on like it normally did. But yet for those that encountered Jesus on that day, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, and later the wise men, their lives would be changed forever. Why did he have to do that? Why did God have to come to this world? I heard a story about a guy that... Um, He pondered that question for a long time. He really struggled with Christianity. His wife was a Christian. His daughters were Christian. But he just could not wrap his head around the idea that that God had to come to the world in human form. He just couldn't grasp Christianity. And every year at Christmas, um, his family would ask him to go to worship. And every year, he said no. Another Christmas came, and his wife and daughter said, will you go with us to worship, to Christmas services? He said no. He stayed behind. They left. Shortly after they left, a huge storm came into that area. And um, the temperature dropped like a rock. The wind was howling. It started snowing. It was a very strange type of storm for that part of the country. And all of a sudden, he heard some thumping sounds. And he looked at the window, and there were some birds hitting his window. And so he closed his shades, hoping that would stop them. He kept hearing some more thumping. He went outside. There's a whole flock of birds out there. And they apparently got disoriented in the storm, and they're looking for shelter. They probably thought they could find shelter in the house, and they were, some were crashing into the window. Some had died. Some were injured. Others were just kind of there on the ground. And he felt compassion for these birds. He wanted to help them. And so he went to his barn. He opened up the barn doors, and he, he tried to encourage the birds to go into the barn, but it was like herding cats, and the, the birds were just going all over the place. And he's thinking, what can I possibly do to help these birds? As he's thinking, it came to him. If I could become like one of them, then I could help them. And all of a sudden he heard the church bell ring in the distance. And for the first time in his life, 
it made sense to him why God came to the world in human flesh. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I am not a perfect person, okay? I've got this problem called sin. And sometimes I've done things and I do things that I think are wrong. I know they're wrong and I can't seem to stop doing it. And sometimes I think things that are not right. I don't want to do that, okay? I can't stop sinning. Anybody here um, found an antidote to that yet? And because of sin, the Bible says I have to die. I realize someday I'm going to die physically. And I really want to live forever. I really want to go to heaven, but I don't have the slightest clue as to where heaven is. I mean, a lot of people think they can just kind of find their way to heaven. Where is it? If I'm going to get to heaven, I need some help. I need some serious help. With sin, with death, finding the way there. The Bible says that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, that God came to this world. He came to be with us to rescue us, to take away this problem of sin, to rise from the dead, and ultimately that through him and believing in him, one day he's going to take us to heaven. God came to be with us, to rescue us, so we have a great life now, but a great life also forever. God with us. Next, God for us. God for us. It says in Romans chapter 8, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Friends, God is for us. He's not against us. He's for us. He's always been for us. And he wants us to be with him forever. And as we discover this and realize that he's for us, we discover the source of ultimate love. And we find peace. I was reading a story about World War I that during, in 1917, um, the German were on one side in trenches, the English on the other, and they had a ceasefire on Christmas Eve. And they started singing Silent Night. The Germans were singing it in German, the English singing it in English. And all of a sudden, some of the guys got out of the trenches. They went across no man's land, the place where thousands of people have been killed, and they went across to each other, and they embraced. They shared Christmas greetings. These complete enemies all of a sudden became friends as they celebrated the common God that they had. As the world realizes that Jesus is for us, as we realize that, we find peace in our lives. We find the sides all coming together. And ultimately, we are one family. All our ancestors go back to Adam and Eve. And when we realize that Jesus is for us, the family comes back together. Do you realize that Jesus is with you? He is for you? Probably the most quoted verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God is love. The more that we realize he's for us, that more his love becomes a part of our life. He's with us. He's for us. God is also to us. It says in Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be in his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Catch that? To us a child is born. To us a son is given. That was written 700 years before Jesus walked on this planet. It's personal. It's to us. You know, Pastor Allen on Wednesday um, at the Advent service, he said something very interesting about 
um, Christmas presents. Maybe there's some waiting for you under the tree right now. They have your name. To you from whoever. Do you ever just leave those Christmas presents and never open them up? You always open up, don't you? Every present you get, you open it up. Does it make sense to not open it up? And we get things that last for a while. Okay, sometimes they break. Sometimes they get old. They fade away as far as your interest in them. But yet, on Christmas, we have a gift given to us from God. It's to you. It's from God. A gift of forgiveness. A gift of eternal life. A gift of salvation. A gift that lasts forever. A gift more valuable than all the wealth of this world combined. And it's addressed to you. Every one of us individually. To us. In fact, the um, text in Luke makes it even more clear and more personal. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid to bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths, and lying in a manger. To you. Okay? That's a little bit more personal to us. i got to be honest with you. For 18 years of my life, I didn't understand that I was part of the us. Okay? I felt that Jesus was maybe God was for everybody else, but not, not for me. And on my 19th birthday, when I finally came to faith around that time in Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden I realized that God loves me, that Jesus came for me. And that first Christmas as a believer in Jesus, was the most incredible Christmas. To realize that all the worldly stuff, it's nice, but it's temporary. But the gift I have in Jesus, it lasts forever, and it gives and gives and gives and never stops giving. Now, right now, I realize a number of people in this room, but I'm talking to you, okay, the person sitting where you're sitting right now, okay? Imagine you're the only person that's here right now. And the point is this. Jesus came for you. God loves you. He's always loved you. He wants you to have a great life now. He wants you to have a great life forever. And he wants you to receive that gift. God is with you. He's for you. He's to you. And finally, his desire is to be in you, in us. It says in Romans 8, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That means complete forgiveness. A week ago on Friday, somebody very close to me passed away. And somebody I knew for for a while that had um, pulmonary fibrosis. And he got it... um, um, initially by breathing stuff in Vietnam War, and it kind of came into his life later. The last four and a half years, he struggled with that. And I saw him on the Wednesday before he passed away. And he was very agitated that day. And he was telling me that he grew up in a um, church where he was told that you could never be good enough. And he felt guilt his whole life, like ever wondering, would God ever forgive him for all of his sins? And, or even if what would happen if, I, he, if he had communion and got forgiven when I met with him, but he'd just sin before he died. I read that verse to him. I said, Dennis, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And we talked about that for about 15 or 20 minutes, focusing that one verse that when Jesus forgives us, it's complete. As far as the east is from the west, our sins removed from us. And I watched him as he relaxed, and peace came over him. 
And two days later, he went on to be with the Lord very peacefully. The reality is, and I want to make sure we all understand this, if we want to get to heaven, we need forgiveness. And that's why Jesus came to take all our sins away, that one day we can experience heaven forever. It says in Ephesians 2, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Two things there. Number one, our salvation is by what? Grace. 100% God's grace. He forgives us. But it says now that we're in Christ, we are now called his workmanship. That as Jesus becomes a part in us, as he lives in us, we find our lives changing. We want to serve. We want to worship him. We want to grow in his word. We want to share his love with others. It becomes more of a natural part of our life. And that's what this world so desperately needs. And then from Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. As Christ is in us, as we realize we're forgiven in him, our sin is taken away, we learn to forgive others. We learn to be kind and compassionate to who? To everybody. That's what God calls us to do. There was a young couple, they were with their 18-month-old son, and they went and saw the grandparents of the son, and, and they had to leave on Christmas Day to get back here to work the next day. And so they're driving, and they're kind of hungry, and they realize most of the restaurants are all closed on Christmas Day. And so what they do is they find a truck stop. They get gas, and there is a restaurant there. And they go into the restaurant, and they sit down, and before they know it, all of a sudden their, their son is... is um, making all kinds of gestures and looking at a guy across um, the aisleway, sitting at the table across from them. And you look over there, and here's this guy, obviously a homeless guy. Hadn't taken a shower, looked like in weeks. He was, his clothes were all ripped up and tattered. His, he had holes in his shoes. And he's playing patty cake um, from a distance with the boy. Then playing peekaboo, and, and this little boy named Eric, he's just like totally into this interaction with this homeless guy. And the parents are thinking, this is really creepy. And so they, you know, said, let's eat fast, let's get out of here. So they eat, and then um, the husband says to the wife, you take Eric, you go first, and I'll follow behind, let's get out of here. And so she gets up, and and the little boy just tries to dive towards the homeless guy. And he's um, there saying, well, can I I hold the boy? And by this time, he's, he's almost already in the guy's lap. And so she hands her son to this homeless guy. And he takes the little boy, Eric, and just hugs him. And he hugs him back, and he's cooing, and tears are pouring down this homeless guy's eyes. And he looks at them, the parents, and says, you know what? This is the greatest Christmas present I've ever received. Thank you so much. And he very gently hands Eric back to the mother and says, you take care of that little guy. You take care of him. And they're walking away, and these parents learn something from their little boy. He wasn't looking at what that guy was wearing. He wasn't judging that other guy. So often as we get older, what happens? We judge. We have prejudices. We look down on people. You know, Jesus was born as a baby. And he was born, he came here to rescue us, to love us, to accept all people. 
And even as he grew up, he stayed the same way. In fact, he said, unless you become like a little child, you can't enter my kingdom. What he's saying is, look at the little children. Look at how they enjoy life. What happens as we grow up? What this world needs is not just believers who believe in Jesus, but believers who let Jesus live in them and live through them. And and love comes out. The product is love. And that's what this world so desperately needs, that we are conditioned not by this world, We're conditioned by the Savior of the world, Jesus, in love, peace, hope, and joy. And my friends, is there a place in your heart for Jesus? Are you letting him in? I think so often we let so much worldly stuff in, but I, I pray that on this Christmas that we begin to let some of the worldly stuff out and let Jesus come in more. There's a verse in Revelation 3.20 that says this. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Let the door of your heart be open. Let the Savior in. He wants to give you a great life now and a great life forever and the only one who can stop him from doing that is ourselves. And I pray we let ourselves get out of the way. Pastor Allen mentioned earlier that when you came and you received the beyond. And we as a congregation exist to help you to connect more deeply to Jesus. There's worship services, there's all kinds of Bible studies, different support ministries. A lot of things in here, our website even has more. In any way we can serve you, we want to encourage you to take Christmas beyond just this day. To keep growing in this most important relationship. And I pray that every single one of us here, that we understand and realize that we are in the name of Jesus, us. Jesus came for us. Jesus is with us. Jesus is for us. Jesus is to us, and I pray we let Jesus in us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for being the most amazing gift of all. We see even in your name, it's a reminder that you came for us. And I pray that we will never forget these important truths, that you came to be with us, for us, to us, and in us. We pray this in your name. Amen. This time the offer will be received. If you, in most of your rows, you're going to find a register. If you please sign that register and pass it down the aisle. Thank you.
O Lord Jesus, you who came to be with us, you who came to be for us, and you who came to us, work within our hearts that we may open up enough space within our hearts and lives for you to come and dwell in us. In your name we pray. And we are bold to pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.